Most activities tend to that we undertake tend to have a, a slightly tightening effect when we determine something. The very word determine, deter, determination, has a kind of tightening effect, <laughs> which has its benefits, you know, bringing things together, but also has its uh, drawbacks in that, uh, you know, you can only really determine as a, as a kind of a brief thing on its own before you actually get something that sustains, you know. In other words, if you, you determine something, and then if you if you determine that and it takes hold, then the idea is that that will actually sustain you. So then you can relax into it. You don't have to have that same sense of holding it up, tightening up. Yeah. You know, when you use a word like effort, for example, these are all English words, so they carry particular nuances. Sometimes I think application may be better because... Right effort involves a, a range of applications, and when we use a word like effort, the very sound of it has a kind of gasp to it. <laughs> you know, like push. <laughs> and yeah, that's part part of one of the ways we apply effort. You know, but uh, just when you're practicing meditation, you can look at the results, witness the results, and most of these are going to be mixtures of some good, some not so good. Uh, but, uh, you know, the point of things like these qualities of piti and sukha, uplift, uh, buoyant and happiness, is that that's where the push stops. You, you know, you actually you've landed somewhere that starts to lift you up. You know, which is the, the point of it in that sequence of enlightenment factors. The first... Three are really very much applied mindfulness. You apply mindfulness. You bring it, bring something into mind. You bear in mind. Dhamma vijaya. You investigate. Where's the stress? Where's the conflict? Where's the imbalances right at this moment? And then you apply effort. And then, as that bears fruit, you get to a place where the hindrances abate. And you can feel there's a presence of uh, this kind of uplifted quality of mind. And you start to kind of just, the effort changes, you know, into more appreciating, grooming it, tidying it, spreading it. As it says in the Anapanasati Sutta, spreading or sensitive to the entire body, breathing in, breathing out, and then tranquilizing the body. So you're feeling the entirety of the body. It's a spreading out kind of experience in terms of energy rather than tightening up and this I think is really uh, well it's there it is that's why the rapture in a way is is a is a hinge point in these enlightenment factors the first three are applied and uh, the last three are are very much results is one experiences a sense of gatheredness collectedness samadhi Mm. You experience a sense of ease. You, tra- you experience a sense of equanimity. You don't don't do equanimity. <laughs> you can't say, "Let's you know go and do some equanimity," but you can, <laughs> or do some ease. But you can you can arrive there. You can open into it. You can rest into it. And this is where rapture 
is actually a hinge point because it's the place where the doing bit starts to shift into more receiving, receiving it. And this is, I think, incredibly uh, important, valuable piece to consider, you know, because it's also the case that you know, if we start out just receiving things, the likelihood is the mind will be very um, confused because there's a lot of you know, unskillful things that can be received. It doesn't have any form to it. Hmm. And yet if you start out just driving to one point, everything tightens up so much that you don't want to do it anymore. So there's some way in which there's a negotiated you know, moment at a time, breathe, you know, bringing yourself to it, then easing a little bit, breathing out, softening, wherever you can soften and widen, you do. And you want to soften and widen so you experience not an accumulation of thoughts and memories, but actually a sense of ease and uplift. Mm. And that may be just kind of fairly brief before the mind sort of loses balance and drifts off. Then you tighten it up you bring it back again it's rather like that uh, and that's uh, there's a practice you know that's why it's mindfulness mindfulness is is the ability to keep referring because we have to keep referring a lot to keep attentive keep uh, acknowledging and it's also a learning process you start to learn through mindfulness it studies and it learns what bits work where can I relax a little? Where do I need to firm up a bit? Where do I just need to hang hang there and, and give give it time? You know. Mm. And also, there are um, you know practices or ways of being that that support uh, rapture. You know, in, in terms of this uh, widening and softening, being more receptive than directive, obvious ones would be things like uh, devotion, kindness, compassion. Mm. You know, where you actually just receive those qualities. So when we practice. Devotion, or this is straight again a rather awkward word for many people, but it's a sense of um, feeling like you really belong, you're comfortable with, it's to do with having made a choice to vote, you've devoted, you've given a choice, and you can feel comfortable in that. And you can just open up and receive the the qualities of, you know, being moral. living in terms of Dhamma, just the sense of blamelessness and considering that. There's many things one can feel blamed for, you know, being too lazy, you know, this, that, this, that. But just recognizing one keeps the five, the eight, the ten, or however many precepts, you know, the moral, moral guidelines and tuning into that and feeling comfortable with that, a sense of uplift in that. Or it's a quality like honesty, you bring that to mind, it gives you the sense of <coughs> you know, self-respect, where you can, you can come out of feeling defensive or agitated or flustered. 
So there's things that we open into and there's things we let go of or come out of through these um, devotion practice. A lot of it is uh, to do with um, a need to get somewhere, which always makes us feel pushy and uh, inadequate, you know, comparing. So you just, well, let's, let's see if you can just come out of that. What is it that tells you you need to get somewhere and be something? Hmm, could you relax that? Um, the sense of, um, you know, defense that we get with our, around us, uh, around our minds and bodies, you know, like I'm holding my space. And, hmm, what, what is it that, that, what's that about, you know? And, is it possible to widen and with a sense of, say, compassion and kindness accept you know, the situation one's in or be with the situation one's in? Look at the, the irritants there and how much you know, things are irritating. Um, can we accept that and be with that? Because it's, it's always this way. On a you know sensory sens- sensory level, there's always something irritating going wrong. Mm. So kind of, how much defence does one need? How much hardness does one need? How much shell? When you, we get the sense of the defended or the the, the kind of like an edge around us that's trying to keep us safe from the pain of of we don't what you know intrusion blame inadequacy mm. being scolded or whatever we perhaps these things are not that clear but just some feeling of the of what's out there outside our boundary that might get in and do us harm or cause us pain. Sometimes these are just, these are not thoughts, these are just embedded reflexes because we do live in a world where that kind of thing happens a lot or has happened or can happen. We all know that. So naturally we get a sense of some some armoring. And uh, yeah, it makes sense. But then, is it possible, say, for to take the armor off for half an hour, an hour, a day, a week, or carry less? Have it more optional? <laughs> you know, you get it kind of tight enough or hardened up when you're going out into into the war zone, and uh, some place you can get a sense coming out around your skin. Okay, it's yeah, you can, you know. Because these are, um, it's defendedness is a sankara. It's a conditioned program, and like if, like some of these are which are not decided upon. They're kind of they grow in us through through contact, through the world around us, through our sensitivity, and uh, so they they can be running as a reflex, 
and they give rise to a sense of tightness or we don't feel comfortable with that. So you can't be, you know, joyful or at ease or open with that kind of armoring on. So you just start to check, you know, is it safe? Is it okay? Feeling around the body, feeling the skin, feeling the space around. You know, sensing when you do that, you can, you know, if you actually practice that widening and spreading through your whole body, you can feel places perhaps at the in your nervous system, your somatic sense, or right at the edge of your, when you sense your skin, your boundaries, where there is a holding and there can be a, a relaxing. And then your sense of the body changes, becomes more uh, softer, wider, more liberal, brighter. And so you get a benefit from that. Mm. So some sense of, of, I think, to me, devotion or devotional practices are about having images, either external images or internal images, that make you feel you belong, you're safe, you're with something beautiful and good. Uh, could be, you know, like external images like shrines, temples, Buddhas, could be friends, you know, could be your own uh, virtues and, and uh, values. And that, that sense where you, you bear those in mind and they enable you to come to develop these um, skills the, or to allow this quality of rapture, openness and buoyancy to, to come through. also important to check the kind of attitudes or in which we practice meditation these may not be that verbal but you may notice them in the kind of verbal patterns that your mind uses when you listen to how you think about meditation if you find it's a sense of uh, like you can feel this kind of tightness or pushiness or in it, you think, well, maybe is this really the right um, attitude? There are three basic, three roots of um, intention with which we practice as a general theme in, in our lives. These are the sense of um, non-violence, non-harming, sense of non-harshness, softness, gentleness, and the sense of um, non-sensual, non-grabbing, non-greedy, that kind of sensual glow. You, you feel some sense of, no, this is the wrong, it's intoxicating, this is the wrong stuff, I don't want this. So, these are sometimes retranslated as um, kindness, compassion, renunciation. But just look at also the ahuhinsa, non 
non-harming and non-violent, non-abusive and non-brutal. Recognize that we have possibilities to be quite violent, you know, hard. And uh, particularly, you know, when you think of things in abstract, cut the heart out of it. So brutality isn't just about beating people up. It's about the kind of uh, brutality to ourselves with which we can follow, which we can work, you know. You can't leave the heart behind. Just go to it, get it done no matter what. And uh, hmm, the results of that. Non-harshness. We're encouraged to speak softly, to speak gently, to speak uh, in ways that are easy to to hear, to take in. Um, this is quite quite a quite an evolved training. Um, to have that kind of tone of mind that values the gentle. And the gentle is is very much threatened by by, uh, life, by human life. The gentle generally gets crushed. Um, It seems, when we look around us, the tanks, the guns... The engines, the big metal things, these human beings are kind of crushed under them. Big powers crushing little ones. Mm. Gently is weak, ineffectual, pushed aside. But it's important to take stock in your own mind of what's going to give you a sense of the lovely, the kalyana, the beautiful. And uh, to me this is the gentle, the compassionate. However, that works or doesn't work in other arenas, at least in in one's own mind, one's own best one can in one's life, trying to keep that feeling, that sense. And when we meditate, the sense of the the compassionate, the sensitive. Because if we're not sensitive, the gentle is sensitive. If we're not sensitive, sometimes we don't learn. We miss some of the subtleties. We get caught in getting to the point, getting on with it, and skip. The, mean, the means. Mm. Now, these two qualities are very much um, supported by renunciation. Because yeah. when there's a renunciation of the exciting or the forceful or the getting it done or the impressive... We're not buying into those kinds of of glows and charges that we can get. Then these other two qualities have a chance to bloom. So letting go, renunciation. To me this is things like having all the time in the world. 
to allow a breath to move through the body. You know, going through a day without a, a, a assessment. So the sort of softening of that uh, need for a charge of some kind, for a high of some kind. So one actually just feels much more peaceful, fulfilled in the present moment. And that has to, that particular, you know, quality of mind is to be fostered, to be nourished, to be, to be encouraged. We can't always do that. So, you know, there's no point be, being harsh about one's lack of gentleness. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gradual process. It's a, gradu- it's a gradual process. Being and the idea is breathing in, breathing out, being with one's own body, being with one's own mind is the quickest way to to learn it, and the safest way to learn it, and the most um, reliable way to learn it. Because here you're getting immediate feedback that is from your own mind and heart at this particular moment. So it's fairly simple, rather than the complex feedback of other people and so on. And we find if you do are more uh, of that, those qualities are more present in one's intention in meditation, then rapture comes much more easily. Sense of uplift comes more easily. sense of ease comes more easily. And you find that as the the Buddha said, the happy person's mind easily concentrates. There's a lovely sequence in the Anguttara Nikaya, which I refer to quite a lot. It says, when one's body is relaxed, there is no need to make an effort, extra effort. May my mind be happy, because it is it is dhamma. It is dhammata. It is in accordance with dhamma. It is in accordance with nature. If one's body is relaxed, one's mind will be happy. If one's mind is happy, there's no need to make an extra effort. May my mind be concentrated. If your mind is happy, it will it will concentrate. It will be it will be gathered in, and this helps us perhaps to. To reassess exactly what is where my samadhi, you know, we use the word like concentration. For many people, this is this is the kind of activity that occurs through the head. You know, occurs through the head when you get down to a problem or you're fixing something or you're trying to figure something out. And you, it's kind of tightening effect. So I'm always kind of wary of even using the word concentration because for most people, there's a tightening up that happens with that. But gathered, something where the mind is gathered in and settled and firmed, you know, through this a happiness that is comes from non-attachment, happiness that comes from not external um, stimulation but 
an internal relaxing and softening of, of the body. This is the process, you know. If we if we can, you know, and that that automatically is, is occurs with the lessening of this uh, um, sankara of the mental of the mental proliferations of the mental um, kind of pushes that we have, the mental complexities that we have. Life can get simpler. So it's so it's always in, in line with a sense of allaying or lessening the intensities and the complex wrappings and overwrappings of sankhara, of formative tendencies, of programs and patterns and structures in our minds. Who I am, what I should be. Many of these are not thought, they're just they're emotional tensions. And they're, they're, they're lodged also as views. So sankara can be considered as, as energies, perhaps most obviously in the body, we can feel it as energies. In the mind, it is an energetic quality to it, but probably what we're most aware of is the views, the attitudes, you know, the views of what I should, could be, what I'm not, where, what I am, what, you know. And, and these kind of emotional tensions of self-nervousness, incompleteness, neediness, um, negativity, oneself or towards others, these views carry, they're not just thoughts, they're not just they're not just thoughts, they have energy. And they, they have a, create a kind of pressure and a certain speed and a certain form in the mind. And the form is shell-like. We get encrusted in our views. We get into our world, our world form around our, our views. And these are not thought opinions, these are very these are embedded emotional reflexes. So it's not blaming or... You can't change them with a thought. You have to go to those places where one is, you know, closed, tight, pushy, tense, defensive, bristling, driven. Just feel that with some compassion. You know, this is really difficult, painful stuff. Feeling it, breathing into it, feeling it in your body, breathing in, breathing out, finding places where you, where it feels like that: your throat, your chest, top of your chest, your throat, your face. You know, it's it's these are the surfaces that take all the all the battering. These are the surfaces that get the critical scrutiny. Yeah. I'm feeling what it would be like if these places were received with kindness, compassion, with a sense of let it be the way it is. Just let the breath move through that like it's something really free. Let it be the way it is. That to me is is an aspect of 
kindness, also as we're letting go of a view. Views carry energy. Energy forms views. They are really synonymous. So the views of what I am, what I should be, what I'm not, what I was, you know, the views we feel about meditation, just feel the energy of them. Are those energies supportive? Do they lead to the sense of happiness, widening, softening, stilling, gathering in, or do they always lead to chasing something? You know, straining at something, defending oneself against something. So these are the these sankharas. These are chitta sankara. So when the Buddha says sensitive to feeling rapture, feeling isn't sensitive to chitta sankara, and then soothing, tranquilizing chitta sankara, this is the territory he's talking about. The formations, the wrappings around the mind, the wrappings around the heart, these these structures that shape our hearts as wide or soft or tight or narrow or crinkled or battered. And the views are, if you like, one way of looking at that. It's view and it's in energy. Sometimes you go to these places, you can almost hear the tone of voice coming out of them, of a sort of shrillness or a, or a whimpering, <laughs> you know, or a got to, got to, or a can't, you know. Or you may feel some sense of pressure or drives or whatever. So you just contemplate these, these are to be received with compassion with non-harshness, with gentleness, breathing in, breathing out. So that, you know, we're not, so these sankharas can be seen through, released. Calm, soothed. We still have some kind of, you know, still a shape, with a mental shape, sense of being something, but it becomes much more spacious and much more mysterious. We don't quite know, we can't quite measure ourselves as this or that. We just think, why bother? You know? (laughs) Just feeling, I feel, well, I don't know, I just feel okay, I feel pretty okay. I don't know. When I'm getting, am, am not, you know, this stage or that stage. So you start to trust in that rather than in the, the books or the words. This enables then one to to come to the chitta, the mind, as a sense of presence rather than the the pressures or the drives or the waverings of sankara. You can see the basic or experience the basic quality of chitta as presence, as a kind of knowing that isn't anything to do with thinking. It's a, it's a gnosis, you know, which is just that sense of direct awareness. Mm. 
and then gladdening that, feeling happy with that, feeling confident in that, brightening up that, being with that. And these happen by themselves if we linger in, trust in, keep relinquishing the sankharas that pull us out into time and place and identity and success and failure. You keep relinquishing those. And that's through this the softness, the gentleness, the melting quality. So just witnessing really is not enough. You know, you may be lucky, you know, in that it depends what you mean, really, what's going. Certainly it's not that you're not witnessing, but you can sit and watch your, your stuff going up and down, round and round in circles. Um, you've had to actually kind of massage it. Like just witnessing tension may not increase it. But it may lead you to a certain sense of, oh, well, that's the way it is. Accept that. And uh, that's not the Buddhist recommendation, anyway. Certainly it's better to accept it than to just continually fight with it. But we can also gently melt it. When we have the chance to, a situation which is hopefully protected and uh, non-pressurized or, you know, as best you can, there's a chance it's a real support for that quality of, of softening, melting, releasing. And taking it into your, to the body where you can feel, because the body is very good um, cross-reference for views and energies, you can feel the effects, the way your mind works in terms of your your body, your guts, your your soft tissues, how they kind of tighten up or get agitated and how you can acknowledge that and breathing in, breathing out, loosening, releasing it and then feeling the effect. So, so that's what mindfulness is about, bearing something in mind. So you know, also what we consider breathing to be, you know. So this is where it's following the flow of, of air through the, the nose or the mouth or wherever it is, is a good enough starting place, but you know, when breathing through the mind is not a matter of, of air, it's a matter of the energy that comes along with breathing in and out. You know, this sense of lifting and releasing, you know, inspiration and release. Those are the themes. So that the physical aspects of the breath tend to quieten and soften and even pass away. You know, it will be less felt. But you can still feel this basic energy presence, you know, breathing in, breathing out. And particularly when you find places in yourself that seem troubled, just directing awareness to that place. And even with your mind, or with a sense of an inclination, breathing in, breathing out, feeling like almost like a purely mental breath. And you'll find that the energy will, will, of the breathing will then move through that place. So, this is how we, uh, I would say, I would give that encouragement, 
in my experience, such as it is, to uh, you know, develop the sense of, or to develop in this direction towards a softer, happier um, state of being, not just in its own right, because it's, it has actually a purpose, to, and a profound purpose, to release these, some of these mental formations, these mental programs and activities that bind us, that become tedious habits, that become restrictive, so that we can experience a greater sense of ease, freedom, and calling to, to Nibbāna.